Hey, what's good? It's your boy, South Beach 706, this committee podcast. We have our uh, illustrious co-host who will kindly introduce themselves to the people. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's El Chapa. This is Marcus Sniffle. I'm so pissed. I'm I found him. I'm so pissed with him. Can I I'm trying to hold it in, but I'm so fucking pissed with him. I hate him right now. Oh, I don't know why. I'm just I'm out here spreading love. You broke the you broke the best friend code. You know what you did. I spread you love. You know what you did. Way. I didn't do it. You know, anything. that's not the Brooklyn way, okay? Because the Brooklyn way isn't to you know what? We're not even gonna go there. We're not gonna go there. <laughs> but you broke the best friend code and whatever. Nice for what? Nice for what to man. Nice for what? <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. Any, any, anyways. So appreciate everybody out there listening, out there in the <laughs> podcast world. Uh, we appreciate y'all support. Uh, hey, Marcus Nichols, nice to see you. Oh yeah. Hey, yeah. how's it going? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Let's let's just go ahead and do it. Let's do it. Look, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I played Fortnite for more hours than I care to disclose. My brain might be slightly warped because of it. So, mm. yeah. Mm. And we got no W's, so. God damn, trash. Yo, I'm not going to lie. I'm not saying everybody I played with today was a bum, but there's a couple of bums we was playing with today. So if you do play on PlayStation, hit me up on uh, on there. My PSN is black, B-L-K underscore excellence. So holla at me. So great transition. Fortnite, if you've never played it, there's a lot of shootings. And this week we had flawless transition. Hey, this week we had another one. Another one. Yeah, so there was a school shooting at a middle school in Indiana. And again, I don't like to start off on such a somber note, but one thing I want to point out was I I didn't really see any national media coverage of this. I didn't see a Twitter up in the uproar like the last shooting that was in what? There's so many, I'm trying to get them confused. Where's the last one? It was in Texas, right? In Texas, yeah. Yeah. So... uh what makes the shooting any different than the others? Actually, you know what? The one thing that was different about the shooting is there were, it was not an AR-15. I believe it was a shotgun and a pistol, if I'm not mistaken. I thought that was the last one. That was that was a Texas one. Jesus yeah. Christ. Well, anywho, I don't know what the details were, but I, it's a shame that this school shooting happens again. Nobody cares. Or nobody's fake caring. Put it like that. Nobody's I don't, on, I don't think nobody's it's on Twitter fake caring about it. I think we're just completely numb. I don't think people have recovered from the last school shooting. And here we are again with another school shooting. And we still haven't recovered from the one in Florida and the one before that. And the, like, there's there's so many shootings that's been happening in this country that how can you realistically catch up to it? You just kind of go numb. I mean, yeah, some, but- people, some people are kind of checking out on some of these things. So it's just like almost every week there's another shooting and. It's it's understandable for people to not want to continuously talk about this. It's like, how how often is this going to happen? When is something going to change? And maybe people are fatigued. Well, my thing is, wouldn't this be the time to put the continue to apply the pressure? Like, look, another one. What are we doing to have some immediate changes with this? Like, why are we still just allowing this to happen? Right? Like, if there was a like, let's say you're in a neighborhood, and you know. Tomorrow, God forbid, a kid gets hit by a, a car. Hey, we need to put a stop sign because a kids keep getting hit by cars. The next week, it happens again. Hey, another kid got hit by a car. 
hey, the next week another kid got hit by a car. They can just stop there and let the kids keep getting hit by cars. No, they're going to put up a stop sign. They're going to put up a yield sign, put up speed bumps. They're going to put a patrol officer to, you know, watch people out there that are speeding. Hey, give them tickets or arrest them. But when it comes to school shootings or with guns, a simple solution like that doesn't seem to be within reach. Or well, that's that's because in America, in America, we love our kids more than, or we love our kids more than stop signs. We don't love our kids more than guns. Hmm. I will give you stop Here's- signs back here. Real quick. Look, here's the thing. <laughs> and doors. <laughs> and yes. doors. Who doors needs exits? Canceled. Who needs them? Listen, if you guys recall a couple months ago, maybe it's been, has it been a year yet? I'm not sure. But uh, way back when it was in D.C. where there was a whole bunch of Republican politicians and officials where that shootout, that, that drive-by happened. Well, well, let me say this about the uh, about these school shootings. We, I had a, I was well, on my... Uh, Sorry, no. So, yeah, so they were back at the softball game, um, all the Republican officials and such, and that shootout happened. And it was a drive-by. One of them was critically injured, but was able to, you know, make it back to life, however you want to call it. Uh, some people were hit, some people were like nothing. Nobody died or anything. But the point of the matter is, there was a whole bunch of Republican politicians and officials who were out there who got hit with guns, and yet still nothing was changed. So, I don't necessarily know how, like, what else needs to happen in order for there to be change. How many more school shootings does it take? How many more random nightclub shootings does it take? Concert shootings does it take? Fucking softball games does it take to where somebody actually makes a difference? Uh, I don't get it. Well, well, shoot, I know you mentioned, like, when's the last time there's been a nightclub shooting? I feel like nightclubs are kind of chilled out as of right now. That's crazy. If you think about it, like, a nightclub is also... It happens all the time in New York. I probably would say there's been more school shootings than nightclub shootings. Agreed. No, agreed. Which is crazy. Agreed for sure. Because some of these clubs like... do not check people. So, nope. <laughs> A lot of these clubs don't. But uh, me and my wife were at brunch today talking about the uh, school shooting that happened in Indiana. And we, I mean, we got kids or whatever, and they're not old enough to go to school yet, but in a couple years they will be. We were like, you know, at, at some point we're going to have to have a discussion about what what do you do when someone comes into the school and starts shooting at people? And what, as a parent, what would I tell my kids? Like, do I tell them that they need to run and hide? Do they need to, you know, try to fight the shooter? Do they, you know, run away? Do they barricade the door? Like, what do you what do you tell your kids to do in that kind of situation? And we were just both kind of like kind of bummed out that we have to think about that, that we have to come up with what do we tell these kids as they go off to school, as they try to get an education? Hey, this is what happens if someone comes in and tries to shoot you. And I'll, I'll ask the people that are listening, and I ask this on, on Twitter, what advice would you give to your, to your, not just any kid, but to your kid while they're going to school? Like, what do you do if a school shooting happens, what advice would you give them? And I asked this question on Twitter and KJ, the Dallas kid, he actually responded. He said that his mom told him to play dead and lay under bodies, which is when you think about it, that's, that's awful. That's awful that a parent would yeah. have to tell a kid, hey, if they're shooting at your school, find wow. a dead body and get under it to protect yourself. And it's a shame that we got to tell our kids that in this in this country. Like you literally have to have that discussion. 
you can't you can't send your kid to school without that talk, which is, I mean, what what do you do? I don't know. I don't have kids, but I mean, mm, I would I mean, probably. It, it almost got to the point where it's like, like we don't regret our kids, but we were like, should we have had kids the way this country is? Like how. <laughs> You send your kids to school and they're getting mowed down by guns and no one is doing anything about it. It's like, did we, did we unnecessarily just add another victim to the, to the tally? You know what I'm saying? It's like, geez. I don't know. I think I would, I would give them a specific plan. Like the first thing I would do is I guess what you could do is at this point, go to your kid's school and check the layout. Like, I'd be like, hey, these are all the classrooms you're in. And honestly, if my class, if the class has a window, like going towards the woods or some back area, I'm like, I'm not telling them to follow any of the school's plans. Fuck all that. If there's a back window, get out that window and run as fast as you can back to the house or wherever you can get to away from the school. Like, I don't, I don't trust that these schools, you know, they say they do shooting drills, but I don't trust that they're, adequately prepared to do these things, considering that in the last shooting in Texas, they had armed guards at the school and still, if I believe, 13 people were shot and killed or whatever. So I, I'm not really putting my faith in the schools to actually protect my kid in the unfortunate situation that were to happen. So, Well, part of it, too, is the fact that the people who are doing the shootings are the same student body. So as you're warning and you're, you're briefing all of the student body, what to do in a case of an emergency and such, the potential killer is sitting in and listening to that too. So they understand what the strategy is. They know what to do, mm-hmm. what, they know what the plan is. So they know how to, you know, counteract that in order to get the most casualties, unfortunately. So in a nutshell, I don't even know how I would answer that. Granted, I don't have kids. I have plenty of nieces and a nephew now. But it's how do you answer that when you yourself don't know how you're going to react in that position, in that situation? So it's scary times. I know when I was in school, the most we had to worry about was just, you know, a fire drill or a bomb drill. Um, so we had plenty of those after 9-11 in New York. So that was it, though. That, that We never had, like, shooting drills or anything like that. So for that to become part of the norm, especially at such a young age, is so disheartening. Completely. That. That just doesn't, this doesn't seem like what America stands for. You know, like when it comes to what we believe in, the the values that we're supposed to have, what the, uh, what the flag stands for. I, I just don't feel that talking to your kids about how to deal with a school shooter is an American thing is it doesn't feel well it is because it's been happening for a long time but that shouldn't be what America is we shouldn't have to train our kids to be Jason Bourne or you know Rambo just to go to school that's that just doesn't seem like something we should do in this country agreed I agree I'm sure a lot of listeners agree as well so if you do want to jump in and give us your two cent I would love to hear some people that are super pro Second Amendment, what their thoughts on this is. So you can add me at Southbury706 on Twitter, or you can email me at AugustaWorkflow706 at gmail.com. I'd love to, you know, maybe get you on the podcast or, you know, answer your questions via email, you know, or on Twitter. So, but 
it is what it is. Hopefully we're not having the same conversation next week. But again, just, you know, pay attention, educate your kids, always have a plan and have a backup plan. So, but, you know, it's nothing, there's really no way to transition off another school shooting, but we can only do our best. So as we mentioned every week, shout out to the kidsworkcrown.com. We are part of the Kidswork Crowns, I can't read or talk, collective. Uh, shout out to y'all. So check out the webpage. You got a lot of great blogs, a lot of great podcasts. And again, I am contractually obligated to mention this or they will cut off my big toes. So definitely, definitely do that. And they're re- they're really good by themselves, not just because of the threats. Um. I mean, yeah, but I mean, the threats always make it, you know, it helps me uh, remember. But <laughs> anywho, yeah, so I meant to do this at the beginning of the podcast, but uh, happy uh, Memorial Day by the time you hear this, uh, if you listen to this on Monday. Uh, shout yes. out to all the uh, people that gave their lives for uh, this country and for, you know, defended the flag that the NFL players are going to be forced to stand for if they come out to the field. So, you know, shout out to them. Great segue. Appreciate um. y'all. Yeah, you're two for two right now. Hey, two. Two. <laughs> I'm trying to earn the check this week. So, yeah, if you if, obviously this is kind of a big story and I had a friend on Facebook that made a post about it, but the NFL has voted. Well, allegedly they didn't vote it, but they put in place new rule for the anthem because of the fire that Colin Kaepernick started uh, with the 49ers back in 2016. That essentially that any players that are on the field need to show respect for the flag and for the anthem by standing up and participating in it. Now you have the option not to come out on the field if you do not want to. I guess, stand for the national anthem. And if you come on the field and you do not stand for the anthem, you will be fine. So this is, again, lit another fire. I don't know who these people are that work for the NFL that get paid millions of dollars to do these things, but I feel they just don't get it. Like, they're missing the mark. This issue essentially was kind of dying down for the most part. A lot of players, you know, kind of stopped doing it, and a lot of media outlets stopped showing it. Until 145 decided to go out and call players son of sons of bitches and talking about they should be fired or get kicked off the field if they were to not respect the flag. Even though the process has for the zillionth time absolutely nothing to do with the flag or the military. But you know, some people just refuse to listen. So Marcus, what, what are your thoughts on this, man? This is uh nobody was talking about this. For the last, like before, before this rule came down, when was the last time any major sports outlet or even anybody on Twitter, when was the last time anybody was talking about the anthem, kneeling, what to do? Nobody was talking about this. Nobody cared. Like, I don't want to say people didn't care. People are obviously still trying to figure out what to do about it. But as far as the national media talking about it, as far as the president talking about it, as far as Fox News, CNN, ESPN, nobody was talking about this national anthem, even towards the end of the season. You know, the the Eagles won the Super Bowl, and they were one of the teams that had the most people kneeling and, and putting up black power fists, and they went all the way to the Super Bowl. On their journey to the Super Bowl, nobody knelt. You didn't, or if someone did, it wasn't a big deal. And for the NFL to come out and essentially – try to pull one over on the players by not 
for first thought, and they, they pulled one over on the owners because they didn't actually vote on this. The owners didn't get a chance to vote on this. The NFL Players Association didn't have, they didn't negotiate with them. And it just goes to show that the NFL and the NFL players do not have a good relationship. The NFL treats the NFL players as if they're just regular employees and not partners. And uh, it's more like they treat them like cattle. Like, so, hey, yeah, it's it's you, just like they're just they're just meat to them. Like, hey, just go out there and give your bodies for us. Whatever we say goes. Make don't us worry make about us it. billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Make us billions of dollars and. It's clear that they don't respect your views. That's yes. that's very clear. But the, but the NFL is continuing continues to shoot themselves in the foot. They they shot themselves in the foot by trying to be the court system by stepping in when you know players get in trouble for domestic violence and and drinking and stuff like that. They decided, hey, we're gonna handle this better than law enforcement, even though the criminal justice system doesn't handle domestic violence that great. So the NFL decided, okay, we can step in and do a better job, and they clearly failed. The and this this national anthem, this would have literally been swept under the rug. This was going away. The Colin Kaepernick thing, that issue, that was still going to be coming around. But for them to just say, hey, if you if you kneel, you're gonna get fined or you're gonna get penalized. So what if two teams come out into the field and one player from each side is kneeling. Are those offsetting penalties? When do you throw the flag? Like, what are you, like, what are you doing? Well, I think How much the, is the fine? I think Does the only thing was, uh, I think they discussed it. I didn't actually see that as an official rule, but yeah, if that is true, that is stupid. But there's already been plenty of owners that said they would come out and pay any fines if like players the Jets. do this. Yeah, that, that's the Jets, the 49ers. I'm sure the Falcons owner will do the same as well. They didn't get a chance to vote on this. That's why the NFL owner. That's why the NFL owners feel like, hey, what are you doing? What yeah. are you doing? Like, we didn't even vote on this. You just made this up. You're making stuff up, making stuff up as you go. And we're and they're letting you know, like, hey, we're not standing for this. If my players want to come out there and and express their First Amendment right to protest peacefully, then they're gonna do that. I don't care what you say. And basically what you're doing is you're challenging these players. Yep. You're challenging their manhood. You're challenging what they believe in. And for you to make it to the NFL, like I'm, obviously I'm not a pro athlete. I wasn't a college athlete, none of that stuff. But I do know to be able to get to that level, you're, you, don't, you don't back down from anything. You can't back down from anything and make it to the NFL. So for, the, for Roger, Roger Goodell to come down and like, hey, you're not going to do this because I said so. Okay. All right. See what happens. See Watch see what me. happens. See what happens when the NFL season starts and 20 players aren't on the field, you know, because it because that's the rule, right? Either you go out there and stand or you stay in the locker room. How do you think certain fans are going to feel if half of the team isn't on the on the field for the anthem? You think they're yeah. going to be fine? You think they're going to be like, well, that's their right. They're following the rules, so that's okay. You think they're going to be fine with that? Well, it, they haven't been this far, so yeah, you're you're essentially demonizing and villainizing villainizing players and making them appear to be unpatriotic. Again, when the NFL was charging the DOD, the Department of Defense, money to do these salute services, but again, yes. the fans yes. only acknowledge or see what they want to see, which 
I guess, lines up with their views. It's you talk about the troops, you talk about disrespecting the troops. Okay. It's okay when you had the NFL, right, whose owners are all for the most part billionaires, charging the essentially your military, like you know, how they view it, the military money to send troops on the field to you know do the flag things and the the cute little surprises where you know this person surprises their family back from being overseas or whatnot. Now if you think about it, all the money that the I guess the government paid the NFL, who mind you is already rich. They're already rich. They're already paid. You could think that hey maybe maybe just maybe we can give these millions of dollars maybe you know give these military personnel people an extra check, maybe a bonus, you know, next time they, you know, take a vacation, maybe give them a free hotel or something like that. But no, they felt the need to, you know, let's make the richer even rich. But when you have players that are protesting stuff that has nothing to do with military at all, period. If you would do a a second, 10 seconds of research, a 10 second Google search, you can find a video where you have, I wish I knew the guy's name, I always forget it. But there's a special forces guy that specifically told Colin Kaepernick, like, hey, I get what you're saying, but the sitting down could be perceived as disrespectful. So as a compromise, we've said this, go back to numerous podcasts. We've probably said this a hundred times. As a compromise, you can take a knee to show respect for people in the military. And that's exactly what he did. And people just got mad, just got big mad for no reason. Doesn't make any sense does not make any sense. So. I mean, people booed the Cowboys when they booed, when they knelt before the anthem. They still booed. Like, eat, like what are, what are, what's the Some NFL people doing? just do things just to react, just to feel like they're a part of a cause some way, somehow. It's just the, I guess it's just the idea of them kneeling is just so offensive to them. They just cannot deal with it. They cannot handle anything. And the NFL doesn't, they don't know what they're doing. I think it's outside of their control. The NFL seems to have such a strong grip, like you were mentioning, when it comes to domestic violence and all the other cases that comes up with their players. They're quick to step in and they're quick to they're quick to react and take over the situation. Something like this with such a loud voice as it's been having such a wide reaction, it's been having across the nation and farther. They can't take grasp on it. It's outside of their control when it comes to people kneeling. So now what they do is they decide, okay, well, we're gonna find you guys. Or you guys can stay inside the locker room and then come out or however you want to do it. Which then, again, all it does is two things. One, for me, it just reawakens the protest. Because like you said before, nobody was really talking about kneeling or anything like that. Because by this point, we realized, you know what? We got the reaction we wanted. We got people talking about it. And now they're actually doing their work. They're actually being activists out in the street and taking the pro step into, into other means than just kneeling. Because kneeling doesn't fix anything. Actually putting action is what fixes things and keeps the conversation going. So for them to bring it up now, all it does is reawakens all that agitation that people had before. And it also singles out the players to the fans like, oh, okay, now they don't support the troops which is not the narrative that's, that it's supposed to be reflecting. That's not what it is at all, at all. So it's just a continuation of what we had the past seasons, and it's unnecessary. It's completely fucking unnecessary. The, the narrative has definitely been hijacked and turned into something that it wasn't meant to be. Exactly. And, and, and it's, it's not even the rule, per se, like the whole you can't, come out here and kneel, you have to stand for the anthem. It's not even the rule because the NBA has the same exact rule. They've had that rule for, for a good while now. 
the difference is, is the NBA and the NBA players work together to figure this stuff out. NBA players have a voice. They have, they don't wear helmets. The, the NBA is not about the teams. It's about the individuals. It's about the people that play the game. Most NBA, most casual NBA fans root for players, not the team. And LeBron Very James, true. LeBron James can go out and say something about the president and he's not going to get fined. He's not going to get suspended. He's not going to, oh, you need to apologize. Steph Curry, same thing. Kevin Durant, oh, we're not going to the White House if we win the championship. They can do that and there's no repercussion. And at, at some point, the, the people that aren't, there's a lot of people that are not watching the NFL because, well, I don't want to say a lot, but there are people out there who say, I'm not watching the NFL because of this anthem thing, because these people are kneeling. I'm not watching it. I It's offensive to me. I'm not going to watch it. There, those people are out there, but let's not forget the other side, the people that say, I'm not watching the NFL because Colin Kaepernick is not in the league. I'm not watching yeah. it because, no, no, no. Those, those, because not, those people don't count. Those people aren't a, a part of the, the fan base. I saw the most absurd. I, and again, man, yo, if somebody that works for ESPN wants to give me money to spew off bad hot takes like your boy Will Kane, please, please email me at investorworkflow76.gmail.com. <laughs> this dude is an idiot. Like, I get it. I, I get the whole I, – I feel that with ESPN, there was a bit of a blacklash thing with the uh, with the six with Jamel Hill and Michael Smith, which is uh, another – I'm surprised, I'm surprised <clears throat> that lasts as long as it did, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so they bring in this Will Kane character. He's like the uh, – I don't even know what this dude is. But I watched a little bit of his uh, his his takes from his radio show or whatever. And I, uh, it's – I don't really like to promote stupidity, but just – I want y'all to look this up, listen to what he was saying. He was essentially saying, you know, this protest isn't about, he's like, yo, it's not about the military, blah, blah, blah. I agree with that. He said, this is about the consumers, right? He was like, this is all about the consumers. You know, there's consumers that watch this game to get away from their, you know, real lives and things of that nature. And he's essentially saying, they don't want to see this. They don't want to see these protests. Uh, This is not what they're paying to see. And that, you know, they just want to watch the game and, feel good about themselves. And I'm like, okay, well, you're you're discounting a, a large part of the fan base that actually is not watching because Kaepernick doesn't have a job or because of the same issues they're concerned about. Now, that made me think, okay, so again, which, which base are you talking about? You're kind of just isolating it to one, one kind of subsection of people which I'm like, hmm. And I kind of get it that that is the majority as far as the consumers. But if that's what it is, say that. Say, hey, we're only worried about white males, white women that, you know, are of the demographic that, you know, maybe like NASCAR and drink beers and maybe don't hang around a, hang around a lot of people that don't look like them. Like, just if you're going to be that blatant with it, just say it. Like, y'all don't care about black people. We care about the white consumers and we care about the people that blindly... You know, you hear about super people. You're pretty much. uh, I can't even explain it, but there's a there's a very good chance that the NFL will not be America's number one sport like really soon because the NBA. Say what you want about, you know, oh, it's predictable or whatever, but 
people love the NBA. Like young people love the NBA. They love the stars. They love to see these games. And young people love, love soccer. Soccer's kind of becoming a thing in in America. Yeah, and, that, and that's crazy because I'd never would thought I'd see the day. But yeah, it's like the NFL is literally shooting themselves in the foot with all this anthem stuff. Like uh, how how hard would have would it have been for Roger Goodell to get you know, a couple of owners, a couple of major players and say, hey, what can we do for you guys to stop dealing? Like, what, what, what is it that we can do? Let's work together and figure this out. Not, hey, you guys are going to stop dealing because we said so. That's not that's not how business partners work. That's not how you work together. And the NFL is falling apart at the seams from both sides. Hmm. Let me let me. Let me find this tweet real quick. Oh, one thing while I'm looking for this tweet that I did kind of break down what I said much better than I did because I just kind of got all over the place. But one thing they also said is that during the anthem that they will not have any concessions. So you will not be able to buy beer, hot dogs, or cotton candy. So, again, keep that same energy. I, I want to hear these people complain like, oh, I want to go buy a beer. I want to go buy some popcorn. Nah, it's national anthem. Put your hand over your heart and shut up because that's what you're telling nah, the players. But, to do, nah, right? I mean, they. They, they may not be selling that stuff, but that doesn't mean you can't wait in line. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're going to be first in line. As soon as that anthem's done, they're going to be just, they're just going to be standing during the anthem looking at the menu, seeing what they want to do. Well, my <laughs> thing is, Matt, okay, if, if it's that serious, and this is the thing, uh, if you're listening, if you've never been to a professional sporting event, I highly recommend you do. Go to go to any game and, and pay attention to what happens to the National Anthem. I can show you videos of what happens to the National Anthem. People are on their phones. People are acting a fool. People are eating. People are walking around. But a player taking a knee to protest uh, social injustice and uh, disparities amongst people of color and police brutality is a problem. But you know, let's 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 just walk around. The amps going on. Let's not take off our hats. Anything like that. But you know, my thing is, if you're gonna do it, man, go all the way. What the NFL should do is that during the national anthem, there should be complete silence. Every everybody stands up. If you're not paying attention, if you're on your phone, kick them out the stadium. You already got the <laughs> money. Put them out. Put the asses out because it's that serious. Because we all need to be patriots. We all need something to force us to stand up to to represent our country and feel like we're being patriotic. Now, mind you, a lot of these people take all that patriotism to your local recruiting office. If you're that gung ho about it, yeah. If you really I, want to do something about it, I, I would but say you don't, like, so. You're not. So just chill. Just just. So for I guess veterans and stuff like that. Whenever whenever I buy like some new clothes, I usually try to take some clothes that I don't wear and and put them in like you know the Goodwill bin or something like that. Mm-hmm. And someone told me about there's a I don't know the name of it because my wife looked it up for me. She she did it and there's like a service where if you put like a bunch of old clothes and shoes in a in a in a bag and put it at your front door. If you call these people, they will come to your house and take that bag and give it to homeless veterans because the way we treat veterans in this country is pretty terrible. Like there's oh, a wow. lot. To the, we have, to the point we have to have a program to pick up our old clothes. Yes. And them, like. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if, if you got old clothes, like obviously Goodwill is not a bad thing, but I would encourage people to give to veterans because it's Memorial Day or Memorial Day weekend. And there's people that, you know, gave their lives to this country. And there's other people that, you know, serve this country and maybe they got out and things didn't go the way they planned or, or whatever the circumstance. Man, be. Vietnam. 
Yeah, the, the least you can do is, you know, give them your clothes, give them your old shoes and stuff like that. And it's it is a shame, but it's it's annoying to hear all these people complaining about NFL players not respecting the military when when Americans don't respect the military. We don't care about homeless veterans. Like, I'd, I'd be curious to know what the percentage of homeless people are veterans, because I guarantee you it's, that's a lot. It's high. Well, we, we could probably look look that up, but the tweet that, that encompasses what I was trying to articulate was, how does Will Kane have a job on ESPN? He said the anthem rules is about business and the customers or consumers. And I said, um, these consumers aren't a monolith, my guy. You almost make it seem like only a particular part of the fan base exists or matters, thinking emoji. So yeah, everything he was saying was kind of just like, hey, uh, we only care about the people that care about the players kneeling, but what about the people that care about Colin Kaepernick not having a job when he is clearly one of the best 32, if not best 64 quarterbacks in the NFL? No questions asked. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, the, those people, they don't buy tickets, they don't buy jerseys, they don't buy hot dogs, they don't watch. So let's let's just just call a spade a spade, man. Just go ahead and say it, man. You ain't got to sugarcoat it. But yeah, that was a lot. But as of January 2016, there's 39,471 homeless veterans. Mm. That's, that's disgusting. That's from two years ago. That's disgusting. Yeah, but if there's a, a good book you can check out, uh, I recommend it to my my Twitter homie, uh, Jack. Jack on Max. She's a Miami Hurricanes fan. Shout out to the U. Uh, it's, a, it's a book called Things That Make White People Uncomfortable by Michael Bennett. Uh, he talks about a lot of that stuff as far as like uh, with the anthem and, you know, what he's doing to help the community. Because like a lot of these people, and I know we've gone long on this, but it, it's it's important. Uh, a lot of these people were, were using the argument with Colin Kaepernick that, hey, he's not out here. He's just talking. He wants attention. He's not doing anything for his community. Well, he's actually out here doing this along with players like Michael Bennett. They're out here helping the community. But again, that's things that they won't show or they don't, you know, bring light to. They only focus on the negative. So, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Do your research. That's all I can say, man. You know, don't don't go off everything on Twitter, man. But yeah, moving on. So uh, I, I am going to, you know, go back to our new weekly segment. Uh, let's see, uh, cancel culture. So I am your cancel culture curator. So this week in canceled culture, we have everybody's favorite old deep voice black man, Morgan Freeman. So your boy Morgan Freeman is out here uh, accused of allegedly, allegedly uh, making very inappropriate comments to women, uh, essentially uh, kind of sexually harassing them, being inappropriate. Uh, I saw a story, one of the ladies that used her name in the uh, report, I, I didn't get her name, but she was on CNN. You can look up the interview. Uh, she was, I believe, six months pregnant and Morgan Freeman made a comment. Man. So first, I saw that one. <laughs> yo, he was like, uh, I guess kind of looked up no. and down, talking no, about, no, no, uh, no, I no, wish no. I was there, or something like that. I was like, bro. And he, they said he continuously comment on women's uh, appearances, how they dressed. Uh, allegedly, he, you know, tried to look up a girl's skirt, ask a woman if she's wearing underwear, things of that nature, which are all very inappropriate for the workplace. Uh, the crazy thing is, is one of those interviews, uh, his uh, his co-stars, uh, Michael Caine and Alan Arkin, were sitting next to him. 
or I know they were. I guess that's they the witnessed. same one with the pregnant girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, I guess CNN reached out to them for comments. I know uh, Alan Arkin was there in one of the incidents where he was talking about oh, something about you look good or blah 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 whatever. But yeah, they reached out for them for comments, and they were not available for comments. Of course and, not. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to kind of you know pass the buck, but just real quick, they're they got to be held. I'm not saying they're held liable, but you know, if you see someone out here potentially being a, you know, about to join the Me Too, you know, class of 2018, you should pro- you should probably say <laughs> something, right? Like it's it's. It's the responsibility of a male, you know, see something, say something. Because again, bystander, that, it could it could lead to something else. Like you never know, he could get somebody in his dressing room allegedly, and something could happen. Well, if if they're seeing this stuff and they're not saying anything, they're kind of a little bit responsible, right? Sure, um, but I think I. I guess it depends on how far this actually goes. So let's rewind. I'm going to go and touch on that one CNN interview where the young lady did um, that you were referring to as far as her being pregnant. Now, the context around it, I'm not too sold on the fact that that was a quote-unquote Me Too moment. Because prior to that, um, when she was asking the question to the other co-host, I forget what the question was or what the comment was. Oh, he mentioned, um, one of the other actors mentioned, About you know, people, like, people being pregnant. Women. Yeah. Right, right, right. Congratulating women on being pregnant. He learned a hard way, like, not to do that because, I guess, he said it before and the woman wasn't pregnant. I don't know. Um, and so he learned his lesson. And so she mentioned, she said a comment about her pregnancy or whatever. And then inserts our guy and he makes a comment man i wish i was there for it now that could be interpreted two different ways like i personally i didn't take that as i wish i was there for as far as the making of the baby no 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 no. he didn't say therefore he said i wish i was there like looked her up and down like i wish i was there but she's the one she's the person asking the question and they were just talking about a prior history i wish i was there as well to see my co-host you know my co-worker and you know we have this established relationship you know make being made a fool out of i I wish i was there south breeze all the time i I get that but in light of the other things that happened, there's another CNN interview where he's interviewing another another young lady, making some. He's making comments that could make a woman uncomfortable, if that makes sense. Right? Okay. And there's multiple multiple reports to this, so I get it. If it was a one-off thing, all right, cool. Maybe you misinterpreted it, but there's 16 women. I haven't coming, heard those. There's 16 women saying like, "Yo, like." Yeah, your man's out here acting a fool. And again, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm all saying allegedly, but let's use the Bill Cosby incident. You know, where there's smoke, there's there's fire, right? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I don't think 16 people out here telling lies. You know what I'm saying? They might not be telling all the truth, but so, I feel there might be something there at that point. So this story has clearly developed into something bigger than I last checked on it. Because yeah, so, last I checked, it was just that one situation. Nah. I'm like, oh. So he... He's come out and said he he's come out with an apology. I'm not gonna read the whole statement if you look it up. I've, I've heard about that little apology. Man, that was the biggest cop out. He's about to be walking into bushes pretty soon. Like mm, he's not about, Yeah. He's about to be taking notes and still go down. Uh, I've heard once I heard the apology, just a little snippet, I said, okay, 
he's clearly guilty of something. I'm not entirely sure what. Because well, the, all the I, first thing is he has a great uh, PR person. That's the first thing because they they wrote sure. a great statement for him. Sure. Yeah. 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 But you can still read and smell the bullshit out of it. And I was like, okay, how did we get all of this from just one, excuse me, one situation? But I guess there's more. And if there's supposedly 16 women coming out at this point, then I'm I'm gonna agree with you. There has to be more to the story. I need to I need to get the new developing scoop. Yeah, I guess my thing is, and this goes back to kind of with the. Uh, what I said before regarding like Kanye West with uh, his whole incident where he was quote unquote canceled as well. Mm. Um, with cool, the, cool. He was canceled, bro. Like, he's no not. Nah, there are so many people listening to this damn he Push T canceled. album that he produced. No, he is not. Go on Twitter right now. Mad people listen to Push T's new album, which he produced. If, if, if he's canceled, then hey, he produced it, can't listen to it. Didn't canceled. Drake just call him out too? That That's another story for another day. But anyways, oh, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> My thing mm-hmm. is, you gotta start with celebrity worship, right? These people are just here for our entertainment. I'm not saying that they're not human beings, but we do not know these people. Everybody's like, oh, oh, well, they got Bill Cosby. At least we still got Morgan Freeman. Well, maybe not. You know what I'm saying? He's an actor. He's an entertainer. <laughs> Take, that's it. Morgan Freeman Yo, should my be. First- my first reaction, I was like, isn't he supposed to be the voice of God? Like, <laughs> and I don't, again, man. A quote unquote, you know, as far as TVs go, I don't, yeah. I don't envision him to be, he's not my voice of God by any means. But that was the first reaction. I was like, hey, he's supposed to be like the chosen movie, you know, voice of God. That's pretty fucking wild. Well, again, y'all, y'all put these people on pedestals, man. Like they're human beings just like the rest of us, man. Like, just be here for entertainment, be here for maybe the good deeds they do, but never put that much stock in these famous people, man. Like, we don't know what they're doing out here in their private lives, which I've always said, and I've always maintained, like, just take it for what it's worth, man. Take it for what it's worth. So that is this week in canceled culture. Morgan Freeman is hashtag canceled. So uh, no more driving Miss Daisy, no more Bruce Almighty, no more Shawshank Redemption. Damn. Mountain Dew's actually canceled, too, because they did the Mountain Dew commercial. Um, being really old and black is canceled. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all that's canceled. So gotta get him out of the pay. So yeah, he's a uh, he's he's done. So, but yeah. Uh, damn. What else? Oh, Morgan Freeman. Uh, yeah. So I'm pretty sure next week somebody else will be canceled. We'll forget all about this. So we'll just keep it rolling. We shall keep it moving. You know, speaking of Morgan Freeman, that would actually be a great segue to this week's Wine It Out. Mm. Um, oh. So I'm going to just grab at it while we got the chance. Dude, three for three segue. on the transition. We're getting somewhere. Jeez. Damn, the production. We got a producer or what? We sure don't. All right. So this week, um, the wine itself is going to be Lila Rosé, uh, product of France, supposedly. I actually picked up this little beauty, um, and I picked it up solely based off of the can. She's adorable. She got red lipstick, and it's just, it's just super cute. Anyway, it's super pink, black and red and white and such. I got this from the wine library. Stupid cheap. It was only like not even $3 a can. Um, I personally prefer rosé out of a can. I mean, bottles are great, but these little cans... They sneak up on you. I'm telling you, one and you good, two and you done. 
Um, this little baby can, it's like the size of a Red Bull. But let me let me just. Yeah, I thought that was a Red Bull. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't know that was wine you were drinking. I was like, I think like, yeah, know me. At this time, no, it's definitely a nice little rose. This little can by itself, 12%. Yeah, I'm just bad. saying, it's not too bad for a can. Uh, flavor wise, taste wise, it's definitely high in acidity. A little bit too much on the drier side for my preference, but I already bought it, so I'm going to drink it. Um, overall, you definitely get the floral sense of it. If you like the li the lighter, drier rosés, then you'll definitely like the Lila rosé. Um, Lila, Lila, depending on if you want to say it in Spanish. <clears throat> so, moving on. As we were just talking about Morgan Freeman and him just, you know, being suspected old, creepy guy. Let's, let's talk about that from... And it could be both perspective. It could be, I'm just going to talk about my, because I'm a female, and I'll just talk about my history as far as the wines and stuff. So I operate, um, I work HR, and I operate out of two main offices. And one of my offices, I have to go to a parking garage, and I walk around, and we have our door guy downstairs, and, you know, the facility manager and all the other stuff. Great. All of which are men. So our, let's start off with just normally how my day, my morning starts off. I go into the parking garage. Hey, good morning. How you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Hey, good morning. Blah, blah, blah. Park the car. They show me where there's an open spot. Okay, cool. I keep it walking. But for whatever reason, a parking attendant, super sweet older man, but he likes to hug me. Like every time. Like he just wants to hug me. And I'm like, okay. And then it gets to the point where sometimes maybe I just don't want to fucking hug you. Like I don't want to hug you. Why do I have to hug you? I don't even know your name, sir. I don't even know your fucking name. But yeah, you always feel this need to hug me and miss me. And why haven't I been around in a while? And right, so you smell good too? He does all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you smell good. You smell real good. Baby girl. Baby girl. <laughs> Baby girl. <laughs> what you doing this weekend, there? girl? <laughs> yes. He mentioned, you know, as far as I hate you so much. <laughs> but he's mentioned, you know, about, oh, we got to hang out sometime. Why? First of all, you have a wedding band on. Gross. Anybody who's married to me automatically. That might, be a, that might be a style ring thing. No. Anybody who has a wedding band on, you're instantly gross to me. Unless you can say it's like a purity ring. And to that, to me, it's awkward. So Shout we're out to Katie Dallas Kid. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Katie. Katie probably got a purity ring on right now. <laughs> Amen. So, uh, moving on, super creepy. Okay, fast forward, I'm going to walk around the block, walk inside my building. Okay, good morning, how you doing? Good morning, good morning. Again, greeting me with a hug. They don't greet anybody else in that building. Granted, that particular building seems to be predominantly male. But they don't give them hugs. I get it, you guys dap each other up. I don't even see that. Like, why can't I just get a dap? I don't need a hug. What do I look like to you? First of all, I'm a man half the days anyway. Second of all, I don't feel like hugging you. So, I don't understand. And the point of the matter is, creepy old men, honestly speaking, guys in general, like I said, it works both ways because I've definitely seen older women talking about with the hey baby, hey honey, rubbing mm. on the arms, rubbing on the hair and doing all of that. I know it works both ways, trust me. But from my perspective, I'm over it. I'm over it. And I'm not going to sit here and rush to us. I suppose it me too situation, but I just definitely feel as though older generation, especially seem to be a lot more inclined to be more touchy feely and flirty, especially when it comes to the younger females. And that's not fair. Cause I shouldn't have to fucking hug you every time I want to walk into my fucking office. So 
that's what I got on that. And I feel like I was a whine not too long ago, probably a couple months ago in a previous episode, but I don't care because it's still happening. Even though I avoid them, like, hey, I give them the hands up. Like, hey, wave and keep it pushing. I don't care. I'm rushing to the stairs because the elevator takes too long. And by the time the elevator gets there, you want to come and give me a hug and come up from behind me. And I don't know. No, sir. No, sir. So is uh, being a creepy old man canceled? Like, wasn't no that, shit. Then there used to be a thing, like, you know, you're just old and that's the old creepy old man, you know? He's just going to be a creep. Like, uh, like anybody that watches, like, Dragon Ball Z, you know, Master Roshi, he's clearly hella perverted and disgusting. But wow, we're, creepy. we're allowed to talk about other anime outside of Naruto. Naruto is no, <laughs> no old ass nigga on Naruto you could talk about. Uh, yes, you have uh, Jiraiya, which uh, Naruto calls Pervy Sage because he likes to go look in uh, steam showers of naked women to write his uh, what Eric Zane type novels called uh, Makeout Tactics. See, I can't, I can't but, with y'all. I'm telling you, Naruto is the goat. Naruto is the goat. All right, Naruto is like the greatest show I've ever watched in my life, and, and I'm not even done with it. So, but yeah, I mean, I guess you can't be a creepy old man in 2018, which you shouldn't be, anyways, but. Again, these days, man, I know a lot of the guys, there's some people coming out defending Morgan Freeman saying, like, oh, this is not true. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do <laughs> it. No, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not saying you, but hey, if, hey, if you want Twitter defending Morgan Freeman, don't do it. You don't know yeah, that nigga, yeah. man. <laughs> exactly. It's just like, man, you just got to be, you got to be. It's, and I think it's more or less, you know, men too, but he's a, a rich old man too. So, again, he probably has. You know, a lot of women or people just, you know, treat him however he wants to. So he might feel he can get away with that. People just haven't corrected him. People haven't corrected him. If you think about this whole give me a hug thing, if I were to sit back and think about how long I've been hearing that, I've been hearing that since fucking middle school. So the boys started paying attention to girls and they wanted to, you know, get quote unquote felt up on. Once girls started getting puberty themselves to get boobs, oh, suddenly they want to get hugs. Like, I'm, I'm over that shit. So. Put it in my this whole give me a hug narrative has been going on for so long and it's tiring. Like, I'm a grown ass woman. I don't need to give an older ass man a fucking hug just because he wants to be felt up on for a second. I'll pass. Thank you. Well, this ties into an episode we did a long time ago where, you know, if uh, the old brothels were legal in the US of A, a lot of these, <laughs> a lot of these issues. No, taking care. I'm no, saying, because I think people are taking advantage of, of situations. No, people are taking advantage of situations. People are taking advantage of people's niceness, and that's really what it boils down to. Just because you can go ahead and pay for a brothel and pay for sex doesn't mean that when you get the hey, chance well, to no, see a pretty on. young lady, ain't nobody saying about sex. Hey, sex. Hey, what are you talking that's about? You, I'm, we're paying for. We're paying for. We're okay. paying for companionship. Sure. companionship. Someone to sure. talk to and to to okay. vent to. What do you? What is yeah, this paying okay. for sex you're talking okay. about? You just called yourself wow. out, Marcus Sniffles. You wow. just called yourself out. Point wow. of the matter Who is, who pays for sex? My God. Talk to the guys in Vegas. All right, back page. Point of the matter is, you can get all of that, and it could be legal and fine and dandy, but that doesn't mean you're not going to take advantage of certain situations when they arise. Period. Uh, ah. Morgan Freeman been Morgan Freeman for a long time. Yeah, this, this has been going on for like, yeah, he's yeah, he's been. Well, he's, he's old. Been I mean, he's, he's super been, old. He got gray hair in his baby pictures. That nigga old as shit, man. He's <laughs> been yeah. famous for a long time. <laughs> Like, yeah. what, I mean, how many times do you think Morgan Freeman got told no? 
Like, when's the last time someone told him no in the last 30 years? Well, probably when he was a slave. <laughs> they said he couldn't read. You know, they're like, hey, <laughs> y'all aren't allowed you know, to I read. Don't, <laughs> I don't co-sign. I do not co-sign. Look, he's been out here for a while, man. We know Margaret's out here in the fields picking cotton, you know, shucking corn and stuff like that. So I'm glad he made it out there to become a successful, hopefully non-rapey black man that he is today. So... Oh shout to, shit! Shout to Morgan Freeman pending. He's yeah. Not, you're going to hell. I mean, babe. <laughs> moving on. Yes, I'm mad. Marcus. Uh, I was gonna say I'm mad. Marcus muted himself. <laughs> I need to say, but I don't sound like the only bad one laughing. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. It is what it is, man. He's a good 150 years old. But yeah, speaking of Marcus, I know he was uh, he had a very interesting weekend. Unlike myself, uh, again, I spent it playing Fortnite and watching Naruto. Lame. So. It's actually pretty lit. Like loser. <laughs> bullshit. It, it was. You know what? Don't make me get on you because I already wrote here. We go. Here we go. I don't, don't want to do, do this to I you. I don't understand. I don't want to come to your neck why. again. Put you him on a summer jam screen. He is low key obsessed with like my personal life. No lie. No, first of all, as your no best lie. friend. Here we go. Here we go. You're not my best friend. You've your, been revoked. You've been revoked. The text. You got to earn. You got to earn anything. Speaking of text, okay, you keep it up. As your best friend, I am supposed to be involved in your in your personal life, your financial life, everything. I'm I'm here to make sure that you're a better person. That's my goal in life to make sure that you're the best best version of El Chapo you can be. So, you know, if you listen to some, no comment. You know what? Move on. Move on. Move on. Move the fuck on. Thank you, Marcus. How was your weekend? Uh, my weekend was pretty good. I went to uh, Atlanta this weekend to nice. the uh, to the TDE Championship Tour. Let me say this about Atlanta, y- y- y'all's traffic. My God, like I need I need Thanos to come down and snap his fingers and get that shit taken care of because this is it is fucking ridiculous. It took me twenty five minutes to go two miles. Twenty five minutes. Wow. It shouldn't be like that. Where are y'all going? Why do y'all drive so terribly? I know there's a lot of people from Atlanta that listen to this, like what Miss Limbella is from Atlanta. Uh, Gif. Gif Queens. Tribbles is from like y'all. Good God, get out of Atlanta, please, for the love of God! It's the traffic is terrible, the worst I've ever seen anywhere. Twenty five minutes to go two miles. Uh, What? I, I would I would argue that New York City traffic is worse. The only thing is with New York City traffic is that there's like a zillion other ways to get where you're yes, going. Yes, so you can get on walk, the subway. You can take the subway. You can take an Uber. You can, actually, walking is probably the, the best way to get around. Take there. a bike. Wrong. Yeah. Take a bike. It's awful. Mm. Like, Atlanta is, is, your traffic is trash. I'm sorry. Um, but I went to the, to the concert. I went to the aquarium the next day. But my, my main thing about the concert, and it was a really good show, like, I was very impressed with the uh, with TDE's roster outside of Lance Skywalker, who only got one song. He that nigga sang one song and got right off the stage. I was like, all right, that was that was awesome. And then uh, Sir came out and he does not sound great live. I'll say that he does not sound great. He's a singer, doesn't sound great live. Doesn't sound he sounds borderline awful. 
uh, who else came on next? Absol. I he came on. He did a great job, even though he can't see. Um, Isaiah Rashad. I think he was a last minute addition to replace SZA. Who, looking back on it, I'm not exactly sure how she would have fit into this this concert because after Sir went off, it turned into a straight rap ass concert. Like it was a, <laughs> just a bunch of rapping, like rapping and rapping and rapping. And I and uh, anybody who's listened to this podcast has probably listened to Scissor's music, so you know what kind of music she does. So I mean, we're talking about like West Coast gangster music, gangster rap. Like where does where where does she come in at? But anyway, hooks. Absol came on. Isaiah Rashad came on. J Rock came on. He was for a guy that doesn't get a lot of play and doesn't. He's not one of the more popular artists on that label. His set was pretty lit like his 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 songs were were pretty turned up and then schoolboy q came out killed it he when he was doing one song like during the intro i have a video of it actually while he was like you know getting hyped or whatever whatever he accidentally threw the mic into the crowd like it, it was clearly an accident and he just tossed the mic into the crowd and had to get another one which was pretty funny and did they get the mic back at least or i think they gave him a different one because he, I mean, I mean he, he threw he threw that shit into the ground. It was like five rows. Was it wasn't recovered? I don't know. I don't know. That might be that might, might be, might be might on be a Craigslist or something right now. But uh he put on a great show and then Kendrick Lamar came out and he fucking ripped that shit. Like for that, um and and let me talk about the venue. The venue was like kind of like an outdoor venue, but it had like a an overhead. And then it had a back area, like a field where people can sit in. So there was like that whole field towards the end of the concert was pretty cool. And, you know, we were under the overhang. There was a fan. It was cool. It was a nice, like, cool breeze. It was a nice little vibe to it. But I've been going to a lot of rap shows lately. And the crowds are there's – a, there's a lot of white people at these crowds, at these rap shows. Like while we were well, – where were we parked at? We had to walk maybe like half a mile to get to to the stadium. And it was like, I don't know if it was like a college trip or a college tour, but there were hella white people, like hella like hipsters, 18 to 22 year old white kids just with their Coors light beers getting, getting rowdy or whatever they call it. And it was just like, hmm, like I which, which isn't a problem. It's, it's not a problem. It's one of those things where rap music is is the most popular genre of music in America or in the world right now. So we have to understand that white people listen to rap music also. We have to we have to share it, but it does it does feel a little it does feel a little weird to have to go to a rap show and the majority of the crowd is black or not black because rap music is essentially black music you know what i'm saying and well for, for the crowd for for so many white people to be at these rap shows just kind of i'm not uncomfortable with it and i don't think it's really a problem but we all we all heard about the what happened to old girl got on stage and started talking reckless basically well, i don't think everybody knows about it so what happened was kendrick lamar at a concert i guess a week ago or so he uh, had a, a young lady a young caucasian lady come on stage to rap 
the lyrics to one of the songs off Good Kid, Mad City. I don't know the title off the top of my head. Uh, but the song gratuitous, gratuitously uses the N-word early and often. So <laughs> you, you'd assume that somebody at a Kendrick Lamar concert, you know, knows his songs. And yeah, in uh, I mean, I was going back and forth with someone about this on Twitter. They were just like, well, well, it, well Kendrick probably, putting in his music, I should be able to say it. Okay, he, well, she should nah, be able that, to person, say that. that person's an idiot. So in public, because I don't know what, you know, white people do in private when they listen to rap songs. I know what they say, but, you know, it is what it is. In public, on stage, in front of thousands of people, you have one job as a non-black person when singing rap songs. <laughs> one one <word>. job. <laughs> There's one thing you cannot do. One word you cannot say. Just and one. she went up there and she let it she let it fly like at least three times to the point where they just cut the music off. People rock, people in the crowd <laughs> were like booing her. She's like, What am I not am I not cool enough? Am I not cool enough? No, you said the N-word no. multiple times. <laughs> She's like, Oh, did I say it like bruh? You said it like three times, bro. Like, what are you doing? Like Nah. So <laughs> I love Sierra's response. I crafted cake twenty seven on Twitter. She did a whole play by play of how you're supposed to say. She's like, "Look, we're white, so you're supposed to say it." And then she's like, "Mmm, uh." <laughs> <laughs> like I don't remember what for what I did it, but she had me die laughing. Shout out to you, girl, because I was like, "You get it. You completely get it." I retweeted her and everything because you just cannot say that word. We find this out before, and and. We've talked about this plenty of times on the podcast. Now, granted, I, <clears throat> quote unquote, benefit the doubt, I guess. I would think that because he called her up to stage, maybe she thought, like, oh, that was my way of getting permission to use nah, the word. Nah, and so that's nah, why nah, I said, wait, let me finish. So I think that's what she thought, like, okay, so he calls me out to stage, so he's giving me the opportunity to say it because obviously we all know he says it. Then, on the other hand, I felt as though it was more so like a test. Like, All right, I'm going to call you out, girl, see if you know the lyrics, you know you know my song, you're vibing out to it, and to see how you take this in terms of what you're going to do when that word comes up. Because you know you're not supposed to say that word. And so I feel as though, I don't I have mixed emotions. Like, it was, a, it was almost a setup, like a test to see how she was going to do with it. And then at the same time, I thought that maybe she thought, well, I, he was giving her permission by calling her up there, but obviously he wasn't. And even if if I was if I was her in her position, I wouldn't have used it because you don't know you don't know what it is. And until somebody falls out, gives you permission, even if they do, it doesn't mean you can use it. So even though it's lyrics to a song, I'm fucking. I feel like I'm repeating myself, like because we talk about this so many times. Like just don't just crafty get at her at her on Twitter. We're gonna find her so that we can teach them the lyrics. Yeah, I wish I would have looked around in the crowd and and saw if people were actually saying. I'm I'm sure there were, but like I was, I was in the zone, I guess, and it was a it was a good show, so I wasn't really paying attention to anybody really around me. And the the row of people next to me and in front of me were were black people, so I was just like, you know, I didn't think nothing of it. But yeah, man, it just it's you got you, it's only one word, like. You can't say it. It's it's not that hard to not say that word. And I understand that it's in the music and it's a catchy and it's really cool and everybody wants to be dope and everybody wants to be down or whatever. But no, nah, I mean, you, you see how the NFL treats its players. You see how people mm. treat 
treat black people in America like y'all don't y'all don't want this problems, man. Just so you can say one word, like nah, that's not what you want. Well, the the song if you want to listen to it, it's called Mad City. It's on a Good Kid, Mad City, Kendrick Lamar. Now, okay, I could see if it was like a Twister song and you was just like letting the bars off, like super The cadence of this song is "Man Down, Where You From." Pause. Fuck who you know where you're from, my. It's like very deliberate cadence. Like you're like bam, bam, bam. Here it comes. Here it comes. Bam, bam. Don't say that. It's not like Twister where it's like. Come on, man. Like you, you knew what it was. But I, I can, I get it because again, if Kendrick doesn't do it, and this is kind of, this kind of reminds me of a. If you haven't listened to uh, the Book of Ryan by Royce, the Royce Five Nine, I highly recommend you do right now. It's my album of the year. Um, he has a song called Caterpillar with the remix with uh, Logic, which I've never heard a Logic song. I don't think I've ever heard Logic rap until. Really, I'm about that, to go to his concert. That song again. He, he, he killed that remix. He killed it. But it, it brings you to the point where uh, he had a, a verse talking about like, hey, you know. Uh, people always talk about me being a white rapper, biracial, whatever. Then he's like, yo, if I always talk about being white, somebody called me out for being black, you know, it'd be an issue. Kind of like the the concert. Like, so if Kendrick Lamar goes to every city and just brings black people on stage, I'm like, oh, well, why don't you bring any white people on stage? You're not like your white fans. We buy your music, blah, blah, blah. So I get it. But again, as a white fan, you have to know the rules. And if she let it fly like that, she's definitely let it fly in the car or at the house or whatever. So well, he didn't let anybody on the stage at our at, at the show. Well, I'm time. sure he's not doing that because that was yeah. afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was like, "Nah, I can't do it. We can't have they, this problem. Not again. Not again." Had to dead that. So, but yeah, that's uh, just uh, I'll say the only thing I was disappointed by about the concert, just to, I guess, just stick to the to the music side of it. Two chains was that was at the show. He's in Atlanta. He was at the show. He was backstage. And at the end of the show, like everybody came out and he came out and I was like, bro, why don't you come out here and do your song? You have, you got a song, you got like two songs with Schoolboy Q that you could have came out and did. And you, why not come out and do your song? Like, do, do your set. Like, you I, do anything from a Black Panther? Because he, he could have oh, done yeah, song on yeah. Black Panther. Uh, J-Rock, he did uh, uh, King's Dead for his set. He did his verse, Future's verse, and then his, uh, his little mini verse towards the end. And then when Kendrick came back, they did the song again, and Kend- or J-Rock came out for his part. The, uh, and that was another thing that disappointed me about it. Kendrick didn't do his verse for that song. What? Like, that's, a, that's a tough-ass verse, but I was like, yo, you got... And then everybody was turned up for that song. Like, that song probably got the biggest reaction of the night when they when they did that song. Which song? Uh, King's Dead with J-Rock, Kendrick, and Future. Mm. Just say oh, what okay, you okay. want. Just say what yeah. you want. Yeah, that song. That and they, they did that song twice. Yes. Yeah, that's my okay. Yes. Yo, don't quit your day job, bro. <laughs> yeah, that song was great. You know like, Kendrick that Lamar is a, Kendrick Lamar is a rap ass nigga. I tell you that, man. He he was up there giving his giving everything, man. Like he put on a great show. And I've been I I'm trying to make it a point to see like the greats. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to just go to to just random shows or concerts. Like, I've seen, I saw Beyonce. You know how I feel about Beyonce. I saw Kanye West. You know how I feel about Kanye West. I saw Big Crit. 
he he was on par with my expectations. I saw uh, TDE, Kendrick, and all them. That was a great show. And I I want to go see. I'm still debating if I want to see J Cole, and I want to see. Uh, well, it's gonna Janelle, be Janelle Monae's who I want to see also. Another too. great album. Who's Another that? album that people don't talk about for some reason. Like her album was great. Well, this yeah. Is, this is the thing yeah, with yeah. music. It, and this is this is where I say the whole the whole battery your back thing, right? So I, I've seen people, we're not gonna talk about it, but just briefly uh with the uh the push your T album. I've seen people say this album's instant classic or whatever. And I'll also hear people say, like, oh, there's too much mumble rap out and all this bullshit. Like, yo. Royce of Five Nine album is like everything that you're looking for if you like rap and hip hop. There's, uh, there's a great story, bars of course, great production, a great flow, great sequencing. But you want to complain about mumble rap, or you know proclaim something that like instant classic. But dog, like there's other great music out here. Like he doesn't get the the promotion that maybe a Pusha T or a, you know a Kanye West or one of those guys gets, but. Well, I, I will give people a little bit of a break when it comes to, to Janelle Monet because she hasn't put out a solo album in like five years. I'm not going to I, I don't think I could name you. I don't think I've ever listened to any of her music before until this new album. It's actually really great. Yeah, but I mean, but she hasn't been out of the limelight, though. She was in Moonlight. She was in, uh, uh, damn, uh, ah, what's that movie with Taraji? Uh, uh, Hidden Figures. Hidden, Hidden Figures. Figures. Yeah, and she wasn't just like a background. She was a main character in both of those movies. So she's been in the public eye. She's a cover girl. Yeah, she is, she's all that stuff. And and when we talk about, you know, the Donald Glovers and uh, even Kendrick or Beyonce, we talk about these people who are super talented and versatile. Janelle Monet, it might be up there. She might be in like the top five because she can sing. She can dance. She can legit act. You know, yeah. she's when I when I listen to her album, you know, she has an old school feel and a kind of a futuristic feel. And you can tell that she has some Prince influence. Like, yeah, the, um, that's probably that's probably why I liked it a lot. Because it is very heavily influenced by. Uh, yeah. And, Prince, and but... if you if you read like her, I think it was uh, the GQ article I read on her. She and Prince like went back and forth. They like talk about their legit friends they're legit working on music together and i was kind of i don't want to say i was disappointed but i was kind of surprised that she wasn't used as someone to pay tribute to him when he passed like he she would have been a great performer to to show up and do something for that and it's not it's not a justin timberlake thing where justin timberlake is just doing it to you know get some get some clout or whatever and you know prince didn't really fuck with him but he's going to do it anyway like I'm not. I don't want to speak for Prince, but I do feel like, hey, if Janelle Monae is going to do a tribute for me, I'm fine with that. I can live with her doing that because we have a legit, real relationship. And I, I wish there was a. I wish the NFL, not the NFL, but I wish Janelle Monae had an opportunity to do the Super Bowl halftime show because that's where a lot of artists that are kind of on the on the fringes a little bit like if you get that super bowl halftime show you're getting a lot of eyes and a lot of views and you're gonna get a lot of attention 
And I feel like Jan- Janelle Monet has the talent to do that. But because the NFL is so, you know what? I don't even know if I can say that because I was going to say the NFL is so conservative and they don't want someone who is sexually. She's not, she's, she's not as mainstream, though. A lot yeah. Of, I mean, mm-hmm. But even when Janelle yeah. Monet is. Well, I was going to say they don't want overseas. someone who's like. Overseas she is. Yeah, but overseas is not the demographic for the Super Bowl, though. Yeah, that's not the sure. audience they're going for. I mean, she's come out as like queer or or pansexual or something like that. And I'm like, the NFL's not going to fly with that. Nah, but that, yeah. but but the NFL, they've had Lady Gaga perform, they've had Madonna perform. So I don't see why Janelle Monae shouldn't get an opportunity to to perform on the big stage because she's got the talent. She's got really fun songs that a lot of that people, if they heard it, would love. And I just, I just don't see. I just don't see Janelle Monet being, you know, super popular, and it's it is kind of disappointing. But I like I like her music. I think she makes great music. So yeah, I'm gonna go back and check out her her old stuff. So well, her old stuff isn't as like her older stuff. She's a little bit more closed off. You know what I'm saying? She's not as personal. Like the song "Don't Judge Me." You're not gonna really hear songs like that on her previous stuff. She was more shut off personality wise. Like she, she has, has a song. Sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. She has a song. Fuck. I can't remember the name. I just remember the visuals of the video. And it was basically just about like vaginas. Oh. You, do you know what you're Pink something. Pink. Was it like pink lips just, or just pink? It's, it's just called pink. Just pink. Yeah. Yeah. I remember thinking like how fucking clever is she and then just the visuals and the way that she went about it and in terms of talking about her sexuality and not necessarily identifying with which one or the other and everything i just thought it was really creative and really eclectic and i was like she doesn't get enough respect for sure i agree with you yeah but now that you say that i just realized like i don't think i don't think a guy could do the same thing get the same uh <laughs> the same uh he could no i'm not saying he get in the past but yeah, I don't think that's gonna fly. I mean that that falls that falls into what we were talking about last week. Like guys can't guys can't express themselves like that. Like the only the only person that can really do that is who was it? Frank Ocean and Tyler the Creator. I mean, like, I know George Michael did some wild stuff. Well, I guess I'm I'm more specifically talking about like in hip hop urban culture. Oh yeah, like, you can't. And I I mean, there's there's a well, there's a guy in Brock Hampton, one of their Members is gay, but Brockhampton is not a big, they're not a well-known uh, act. So, you know, maybe they can get away with that, I guess. Not get away with it like they're doing something bad, but well, they're not getting any backlash from it. Somebody just yeah. got kicked out their group recently. For yeah, I heard about so, them, though. I, I don't know if it was a gay dude or not, though. It might have been him. I don't know. <laughs> it might have been some Me Too stuff. I don't know. But yeah, I was like, yeah they, they canceled their tour. I was like, oh. Yeah, I was like, yo, you had to cancel the tour, though? Like that's a lot of money you're missing out on. Yeah, that's yeah. How you one guy. Money. Yeah. Jeez. Shout out to KJ. Deal. Yeah, KJ is a huge. Brock, I listen to the album. It's not bad. It's it's fine. Like it's, it's good. interesting. It's good music. It's, yeah, it's uh, I didn't think I would like it, but it's 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 pretty good. It's pretty good. But I, I've been on this uh, Royce Five Nine super heavy right now, so that's just yeah, I, need to, I need to listen to it again. If you're saying it's out, like I listened to it, and I thought it was really good. I just you know I gotta. There's all there's just a lot of stuff that comes out and you, you feel the need to listen to everything and you don't really get a chance to just sit back and listen to stuff that you like. 
know what I'm saying? Like you always yeah. feel like you gotta try to keep up. I mean, so I have know, a hot take. But yeah, that's part of the reason. Because <sighs> like I oh, can't talk about that. Uh, but um, hmm. like I know before, uh, probably about a year ago or so, one podcast we were talking about. I think Rick Ross's album, and I'm I'm pretty much just uh, you know call myself a hypocrite because I said with that album I was going to go back to you know like the old days where you get one album and listen to it you know continuously to you kind of learn it word by word and I'm thinking maybe I'm not necessarily a hypocrite I just don't think there was anything else out there that really held my attention like uh, rather you than me I know I listen to 444 quite a bit <coughs> excuse me but the thing with 444 it's not really it's not an album you can listen to all the time. Like I saw Jay-Z live do that concert at uh I keep forgetting the Barclays. Uh, Barclays Center. And it's it's not an album you can listen to all the time. Like I tried to listen to 444 at the gym on the treadmill one day. I thought I was gonna die. Like I was like, bro, this ain't it. It's it's not one of those all the time <laughs> everyday albums. But like rather you than me. That shit was bad, low-key. <laughs> yeah, and the bonus tracks really helped out. But yeah, it's this one is an album. I, I think when I find an album that I like, really, you know, really like, really want to, really want to mess with, I listen to it a lot. So I think that is it is one of those things where the music comes in all the time where you feel you need to, you know, get your hot take or opinion out. But with this one, like, I'm not really trying to do that. Like, the only reason I listen to Pusha T's album is just for what we'll talk about here soon an episode coming out soon about uh the pusher t drake thing that's the only reason i listen to the uh push t i'm just i need to hear some context to what same here drake was talking about so but but that that's pretty much all i got on that uh ooh, yeah so this week this week this week y'all good i thought you were gonna say no, i was gonna say if you if you haven't listened to logic listen to his album under pressure I think, yes. that's his, I think that's his best, best. album. This best last one album. was that last one was okay, but it, I think Under Pressure really shows off his skill set. Oh my gosh! When he went on tour with G Easy, what like two summers ago almost, and he did well. He, I mean, he it was way past Under Pressure at that point because I was like his debut album. But he went back to some of those songs. I kid you not. Still to this day, I listen to Under Pressure. I listen to it on a treadmill. I listen to it on my car. I, if it comes up. I have to hear all like 20 minutes of that song because it's so long. And Logic is definitely overrated just in the way that he's gifted. How underrated. The fuck? Underrated. He- underrated, sorry. Because the way he turned voicemails into lyrics and to the song and he incorporated it to share a story in, in full and detail, forget about it. Like this guy, I can't wait. I'm actually going to see him in a couple weeks here. Oh, like two weeks. So, yeah, yeah, I can't wait. That's what's up. So, I'll, I'll check that out. But we're going to wrap this up with uh, this week's Teaspoon Stupid. So, <laughs> essentially, and this person doesn't have a Twitter, but the, the story is that there is a young lady in Britain, the UK or somewhere out there, shout to the homie. Can't think of your name, but you know who you are. This is out there in uh, England. But, uh, Essentially, she was drunk or something like that. It was a, it's a lot going on in the story. Like they broke, there was a raid at her house, and she was drunk or something like that. She had like a cut on her neck, so they took her to the hospital. So uh, the doctor that was treating her was uh, he was black, and she was like, "Oh, I don't want treatment from him. 
he can't clean me up because he's already dirty. I'm like, what? <laughs> what, man? I'm like, yeah, come on, come on. How you get stabbed in the neck with a flame? The doctor, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. So in the neck. Oh, wow. So I'm about to add a girl for this episode so she can give us our take on that. I'm actually going to have her on once I finish Naruto to talk about that and Dragon Ball oh Super. God. But, um, oh, boy. Yeah, so you're an idiot. Like, if you had a Twitter, I would drop a million spoons under your uh, under your app because I get it. But if you said that when you're drunk, you know, they say a drunk mind speaks sober thoughts. So you obviously have some internal issues with yourself you need to figure out, but... She was getting flamed, even though it wasn't her Twitter. They're flaming the story, talking about, you know, they put the Ivan Drago picture. If she dies, she dies. I'm like, oh, wow. Fair enough, man. If you want to, you know, you act a fool, act brand new with the doctor, then you just got the, you got the bleed it out. Like, sorry. Like, well, we were just talking about this what, a week or two ago in terms of like the nurses or however we're talking about yeah. and about being treated and not caring about who you're being treated by. And then Marcus was like, well, it depends. This is a prime example, a continuation of that previous conversation. Because how the hell do you have a cut in your neck? Or excuse me, like a stab wound in your neck or however. And you're like, nah, I don't want to be treated by you. Like, are you racist? kidding? That's ignorant. That's just so ignorant. How racist you got to be that you're willing to die before you let a black that's person work saying. on you? That's like, what I'm saying. Jeez. That's some, that's some real, like, I live for this racist shit. Like, I die over this racism. Like, you ain't taking this racism from me. That's insane to me. It's insane. I don't care mm-hmm. what, like, I respect it. I, mean, I, can respect the dedica- I can respect the dedication. <laughs> I'm not, I don't think I'm that dedicated to anything. But... I'm not dedicated to no. nothing like that. Not at all. Like, shit, it is, man. My life, though? Like, I really, I just, I don't understand where this hate for people comes from. Like, if if you can cook, if you cook great food that I got to pay for, I don't care if you're gay, straight, trans, black, white, Puerto Rican, whoever. If you can provide a service that I deem acceptable, that I'm paying for, I will take that service from anyone. Well, maybe not like a, a clan member or something like that, because you don't respect me as a person. But I was gonna anybody, say, yeah, yeah. Anybody else, like if you're doing your job to the best of your ability and you're providing a service that is needed, I'm gonna show you respect no matter who you are, no matter what you look like. Like I've 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 worked in you know like the uh, service industry before. And you run into different kinds of people and it's everybody's a person, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like logic where it's like, Oh, peace, love and positivity for everybody. I love everyone. But it's, it's, it. it's, it's true. Like, <laughs> if you were, if you go out and treat everybody with respect, regardless of who they are as a person or what they, how they look like life would be so much easier. Like there's no reason to, well, I don't want this doctor working on me because they're black. Like, I don't want a bad doctor to work on me. If you suck as a doctor, don't work on me. If you suck as a mechanic, don't work on my car. If you're a bad cook, don't cook me no food. But if Hello. you're good at if you're good at all those things, I don't care who you are. Unless you're like a Nazi. Sorry. No Nazi. It's all about respect. That's literally it. It's just it's just all about. <laughs> but you know, actually, respect. let me let me let me take all that stuff back because I don't I don't want people to think that I'm comparing, you know, other ethnicities and other sexual 
orientations. I don't want them to think that I'm comparing them to Nazis and KKK members. But my point is, is I don't, I, I just want the services that I'm paying for. And I'm going to treat that person with respect regardless. And that's why it's what I expect from them. And if you don't want a doctor working on you because they're black, then I hope you die. Oh my <laughs> god! Simple, just oh die. Escalated quickly. Just die then, because like, what it happens? What happens if that black doctor is the best doctor at that at that hospital? What if they're the best one there, and now you get a mediocre mediocre doctor? Well, you get a well, C plus doctor. I saw. I don't know how true this is because it was a meme. So take this with face value. That means it was one hundred percent true. <laughs> if you saw it on the internet, it's facts. It's on the internet. In terms of uh, First Lady Melania Trump and her doctor who did who performed that surgery, that you know, that life-saving surgery or whatever it was that she needed at her liver, lungs, whatever it was. I don't recall exactly. And but she did, however, need surgery very recently. And the doctor who performed it was in fact a Haitian doctor, a Haitian immigrant. So the meme was just like, oh, it's funny how, you know, this doctor is the one that, you know, meets Dr. So-and-so, Haitian immigrant, you know, coming from this quote-unquote shitty or shithole of a country, um, you know, just saved the first lady's life and stuff. I just feel like all those things, it comes full circle. Just completely comes full circle. And when it comes to respect and respecting people where they come from, their professions, and if you do your job and you do it well, then great. If you provide that service, just like Michael Sniffles was saying, Great, but you can't automatically discredit people based off of where they come from, what color they are, what their sexual orientation is and such, and completely discredit their their talents, you know, their gift, their work ethics and such. So, hmm, interesting. Interesting how that works. Yep, 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 yep. So, um, yeah, you know, the Racist Podcast is back, you know. Never left. <laughs> so, but I, I think I think we had everything. Uh, I don't think we missed nothing. And I have a shout out to... this week. Oh, Ooh. Ooh. Jinx. <laughs> Great minds. Uh, so my shout out this week is actually going to be, I have a few people I got to shout out. I got to shout out Mario from Single and Mayo. I never properly thanked you for such a great weekend. Shout out to Stacy because every time we're together, it's genuine laughs, genuine good times. Yeah. And last weekend was dope. Lastly, I'm going to shout out to, I know I have a lot, right? It's just been boiling in. Cats Lastly, really about to go to the finals. Jesus yeah. Oh, that's this what you're watching? No. And it, wow. Damn, I could have fucking told you that. I could have told you that. You guys don't listen to me. Um, but yeah, lastly, shout out to my mom because she actually listens and supports our podcast. And she says, I curse too much. What's up, I, mom? As she was cursing at me, yeah, like, I to say. <laughs> like you curse too fucking much. Thanks, mom. I wonder where I came ah! from. So, <laughs> shout out to you. I love you, and I hope I did better this time. I don't know. Look, damn, except me for what? Yeah, God dang, he is killing me. Like, my God, man, I really didn't think they were gonna win this series. I really didn't. Uh, I knew it. Shout out to all the, the Boston Celtics fans that are. Oh, yeah. I'm about to, I'm about to get on the They're about to be letting the right now. fly. Be awesome. Shout out to those guys from the, from the Brilliant Idiots podcast. Yeah, I just, actually, I, just added, uh, I just added him on Twitter. I said, hey, tell your boy. I said, almost. Uh, maybe next time. I said it last time. I fucking knew it. They're not going anywhere. Uh, at Tyrone underscore KB. Yeah, I had to say, you know. 
Oh, his name is Tyrone. No, no, oh. no. Tyrone has to do with the beard. The one that was talking okay. about, he was, he's not on Twitter, but his homeboy's on there. So, got you. So, you know, stay in the house. You know, it is what it is, man. Take <laughs> you an Irish car bomb or something like that. and That's offensive. Go to sleep. Wow. That's that's what they drink. They, they're alcoholics. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Hey, imagine any say. Irish person, they'll say they're alcoholics. They don't say the Irish car bombs because that's like their equivalent to September 11. Wow. Why do they call you it? You didn't know that? Then? No. Nah. That's offensive. They call it something else. Oh, whatever. All right. Well, I was disgusting. I, I was gonna give a <laughs> shout out to uh to uh one Andre three thousand. It's his birthday today, the day we're recording this. And to all the people on Twitter and who are listening to this podcast, are you sure you want this solo Andre three thousand album? Did you yes. hear those did y'all hear did you hear the last two songs he put out? Nope. I didn't even no. hear Twitter talk about it either. Been, <laughs> okay. Now, one, okay, now now one of the one of the songs was very it was very artistically done and it was a very vulnerable song. It was about his his parents that had died not recently, but they died pretty close to each other. Oh goodness. So I I I was like, okay, this is a good song. I I, I like this song. This is pretty it's a, it's a it's an emotional song. There's some feeling to it. I appreciate this song. The next song that he released. I'm just gonna ask the question: Where's the line between being artistic and just putting out trash? Because it, there, there was there was there were parts of that song where I'm like, okay, this like okay, he's going for something. He's going for something here. I'm not sure what it is. It's he's trying to express himself, but I don't like this. I don't think it's good. So where's that line at for? For for artists, where's the line between artistic and just trash? Bad music. Because I don't want to say the song is trash because I don't want to be that person who's like, oh, this song is trash. But that song might have been trash. It might have been trash. And it was Yikes. eleven minutes. It was eleven minutes long. Goodness. Okay. Let me t- okay. It was eleven minutes long, and there was a zero rapping. So so I'll ask again. Are you sure? Are y'all are y'all absolutely sure y'all want this Andre 3000 solo album? Because wait, let me go I listen. It's not it's not even on iTunes, I don't think. It's on it's only on SoundCloud. So Oh gosh. Let me go listen. I I hold off on my answer. It's uh it's something. It's something else. Man, fuck Boston, man. Y'all racist ass city. I'm glad y'all lost. Y'all had home court advantage. Home court advantage, no Kevin Love. And y'all motherfuckers couldn't pull out this game. Y'all got y'all lost Damn, the one dude. I didn't even notice Kevin Love was not even not playing. Not even the game, bro. Didn't even play. Yeah, shout out to uh, Tribbles who who posted on Twitter talking about, oh, I expect the cat or the Cavs are gonna win. I was like, I'm 2K. Like, I I don't care. Like, oh I nah, watch. hey, I don't, watch, I don't I don't watch basketball. I'm just here for the hot takes. <laughs> that's, what, that's all I'm here for. Like, I really don't. I've watched like three basketball games the entire season. Yeah, shout out to Reverend because I'm about to be all up on her timeline with LeBron James gifts because she's a Celtics fan. So it's on. <laughs> it's yeah, it's on. It's oh, on. Gusty can't ever have nothing. Why? Come on. <laughs> Why? I'm about to yo. I'm about to add her right now. So, but anywho, yeah, we can get out of here because we're at, we're just rambling at this point. So again, appreciate everybody's support. Committee podcast, man. If you can drop a review on Apple Podcasts, I mean, whatever. If you do, you don't. It'd be cool though. It'd be nice, but I'm not gonna lose any sleep over it. But um, definitely, uh, you know, 
join the conversation. Jump on Twitter. You can add me at Southbreeze706. Uh, what's y'all's Twitter ads? I know them. I just don't want to say them. So Marcus underscore Sniffles. The most lit Avenger. <laughs> at El Chapa, E-L-L-E-C-H-A-P-A. All righty. Well, as we close our podcast out with the will to win in life is important, but the will to prepare is vital. We out. Peace.